He's good to us, isn't he? <laughs> I'm going to cover a little bit of stuff, and I'm not going to, I'm not trying to wow you with anything. I want to encourage you. It'll probably be stuff you've heard. Brother Moore talked about some of it last week. But I want to encourage you because there's so much stuff going on in this world. We need to draw ourselves back to the good foundation. The only way to truly be free in this life is to walk and live in truth. The truth makes you free. All the other stuff are men's ideas and traditions. Um, there's so much junk out there, you don't know what to believe. A lot of times, even if you watch it or see it, you still don't know what to believe. But this Word is truth. This Word hasn't changed. It will not change. It will always be right here, just like it is. Okay? We're going to start out in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And most everything I'll do will be King James. So Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Brother Moore's got us reading in Psalms and, and singing the Psalms and, and getting in tune with the Spirit of God so that we know what the will of God is, so that we hear from Him and we walk out what He directs us to do. And so I want us to renew our minds. I know I grew up in church. I don't ever remember a minute of my life that I wasn't in church. Um, from the, the earliest remembrance I have, it was church. Three, three times a week and then more if there was any kind of revival or community anything or Bible school or Bible study or Bible quiz bowls or whatever it was, I was always in it. And so, throughout that, you hear some of the religious junk. Now, I don't think anybody's intentionally doing it. I think, it's like Brother Craig was saying, sometimes there's, there's just stuff. And so, people speak their experience. And they speak, well, we prayed and this didn't happen, so it must be the will of God. Well, sister so-and-so, she's the most righteous person I've ever seen. And if she didn't get what she prayed for, it must not be the will of God. There's so much junk out there. That's why this word, we're not supposed to let it depart from our eyes. Keep it in front of us. Keep it around us. So that when somebody says something that's about 20% Scripture... We know that 80% of that was junk. And so 
when we hear it, we can cast it aside. Brother Hagen talked about even an old cow knew when to spit out the sticks. We should at least be smart as an old cow and spit out the sticks. Well, as this world progresses, there's a few more sticks than stuff we're hearing. So you got to spit a bigger pile out than you used to of sticks and brush. Glory to God. Let's go to Romans 10, verse 9. Romans 10, 9, and we're going to read a few of these. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is over, over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, most of you, how many of you heard these scriptures as Romans, Road to Salvation? Anybody? That's what I always heard when I was a kid. It's the road to salvation. And then I started reading and studying a little bit, and I realized it's way out beyond salvation. It's Romans' road to everything you stand in need of. You believe in God. God said, I am. So, what is God? What do you need? He am that. Doesn't matter what it is. Every time you slice a little bit of I am, you make Him into a smaller piece. He said, I am that I am. Then we start talking about I am healing. Well, now He am not prosperity. He am not salvation. He am not all the other things outside of that little piece of, of healing. Because we've reduced the great I am who created the universe, put the stars in space, spun them like a basketball, and put people on it and kept them in the middle of it. We took that and we made it down to just healing. Because that's what we needed at the moment. We restricted God's ability to bless us with all this Romans road to salvation has in it. And we made it a trip to heaven one day in our future down the road in the sweet by and by. We got rid of being victorious all the way through this life. We got rid of conquering fear, being healed in our body, our minds, our soul, being strengthened, renewed with might from our inner man. We got rid of all of that. And we made it a someday we'll get to go to heaven. Now heaven, if you didn't get to accomplish anything on this earth and you made heaven, you just won. But He wanted you to have so much more. So much so He sent Jesus. Because man on earth started groveling around, started walking in tradition, started walking in 
just minor, minor, minor things that God had planned for us. And so He sent Jesus who was born of a virgin, who walked on the earth, who walked in an authority unseen before Adam. From Adam until Jesus, nobody walked in that authority. Adam, when he was on the earth before sin came, before they fell, Adam looked at an animal and called it a name. And today, it's still that name. That is power we haven't seen. God formed the animals and He brought them to Adam and He goes, what does this look like? And he said, oh, that's a cow. So we still call it a cow. That's a bird. That's a mockingbird. That's a, whatever God created, He took to His man Adam. Adam had a brilliant mind and understood what the Father was doing. And he called it by name. And then sin came. And then we slowly descended to a state before Jesus got here where there was still people getting healed. God still had provision. But it wasn't every day. It wasn't all across all of the facets of His children. It was an occasional dripping of healing. And then Jesus showed up and He said... He said, I only do the things that please my Father. I only come to do the will of the Father. Everything I say, everything I do is the meat of my Father. And then He started walking out healing on the earth. He started talking with authority at the age of 12, 13 years old. He's wowing the, the scholars and theologians with his knowledge of the Word of God. His mom and dad come and get him, haul him back home, he's in trouble. But at that age, he had already gleaned so much revelation from the Word that the scholars and the scribes and Pharisees were amazed at him. And so then... When his time was come, his mom kind of pushed him into it. Miracles started happening. Water into wine. He went to his hometown and he, and he preached the Word of God. And he told them, this Scripture's fulfilled. But yet their traditions and their doubt and unbelief made the Son of God reduced to laying hands on a couple of people and them getting healed in his hometown. Because they were so full of, well, the Messiah can't come from here. The Messiah can't come from here. Oh, this is Joseph's son. Joseph's son's not a prophet. Joseph's son's not the son of God. And all of these things they had perceived in their minds kept them from receiving the Son of God in a way that the Lord sent him there. If you look at that Romans road to salvation, in verse 9, it says, Shalt be saved. That's sozo. And if you look it up, most of you all know this, the first thing it describes is healing. To heal. To preserve. To save, 
to do well, be well, or to make whole. One out of all of those is salvation. If you look at verse 10 where it talks about salvation, it's soteria. And it means to deliver, to have health, salvation, save, or saving. So those, just those three verses, when you get down to whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, again, it's sozo. Go to James 5, 13 through 16. Is there any sick, any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Is that what that says? It's exactly what it says. James just knew what the word meant. James knew that word, saved, meant to heal, to make whole, to be whole. So when James wrote it, he said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's a much bigger word than heal. Heal means, you know, you got a scrape and the skin kind of grew back and now you're healed. Save means to make whole. If you needed a new leg, it would grow out. If you needed a new liver or kidney or whatever the part was, they knew the prayer of faith shall save the sick, not just heal them. So James used sozo to where it meant so much more. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed any sin, they shall be forgiven him. There's your saved, healed, delivered, set free. All of that right there. Glory to God. And then the last part says, And pray for one another that you may be healed. See, he knew healed was a word. He knew it was there. He just chose to use a word that meant so much more. And so I grew up thinking saved was only a trip to heaven. And I never understood it meant so much more than that. That we had so much more than that we could draw from. Now many times the reason we don't walk in all of that is because we know us. You see, we know Everything about us, the good, the bad, the ugly, they say. So we know stuff, and the devil's able to use stuff so that when you need something, a healing in your body, the devil reminds you of things. Basically like you deserve it, or don't deserve it. Like you could have earned it. But you can't earn a healing. You can't save yourself. You can't make, well, you can nowadays. You can't make your hair not go gray, but you can. You can make your hair not go gray anymore. 
They've got plans to even add a few if you need a few. But according to the Bible, you can't change even the number of hairs on your head. So what makes us think that, oh, if I could do this, I could get saved and healed? If I could do this, I could be whole. If I could do that or be that or, or go there or go here, something miraculous would happen just by me making it happen. Well, I'm assured of one thing. I can't make a Band-Aid stay on you very long. So I have no doubt that I can't heal you. In myself... I can, put a, I can pull a Band-Aid out, put Neosporin on it and put your Band-Aid on, but I can't make it stay very long. But I know one who can. I know one who sent His Word. One who had His Word walk across the earth. And so much of this world is talking down about what Jesus did, what He gave us rights to. The title of this message is Healing Belongs to You. If you are a child of God, you have rights to be healed, to be whole, to be made whole. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, anything missing, broken, God can make it and renew it. Um, I always am amazed... um, how I hear people talk about the Lord and healing. Because they're like, He needs a kidney. Like that's something major to God. He created planets. A kidney's easy. He's probably got a shelf full of them that are one size fits everybody. Grab that kidney. That boy needs one. You see... If we just took in the natural, we took a guy who can build a car from scratch. And that's not terribly hard. We have thousands and thousands of people that can take parts and make a car out of it. And something happened to that car and it smacked a wall and one whole side was messed up. And we called it totaled. You could take that person with that car and some extra parts, and he could make it look like new in just no time. Make it function as good as new. Because all he needed was the ability and the parts. Well, our God has the ability. Our God has the parts. All we have to do is follow Romans' road to salvation for healing. Believe in our heart. Confess with our mouth. And stay with it. Don't waver. Don't vacillate back and forth. Stay on the Word. Stay on the truth. The truth will make you free. Don't talk about what you see, hear, feel, think. That's one of the hardest things for me listening to people when they're wanting prayer for something, is they feel like they have to tell me all the details. And I don't want them. I want you to say, I heard here, let's pray. Because it's a lot easier for me to get my faith around something 
knowing God can fix all of it, then for a picture to be drawn and emotions to be felt and all of the time and space and stuff, like the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus, she touched His garment and was whole. And even after she was healed, He said, who touched me? She turned around, finally got caught. And she comes and she tells him all the truth. So she spit out, I've been this way 12 years. I've been to this physician, that physician, this one over here, this one over there. This happened, that happened. All of this stuff. And she was already healed. You see, our minds need renewed. We need renewed to where we walk in and we go to the Father. It says, come boldly before the throne of grace. Christians, we should walk in boldly. And I know I've told this story, but it's the best picture I have of the boldness we should have with the Father. Um, years ago, we would go somewhere and sing, and I'd be setting sound or doing something, and I liked Butterfingers. And so normally when we set up, I didn't have a chance to go eat. Some of the rest of the group could get off to the way, out of the way and eat something. And so I normally ate a Butterfingers right before we got everything sound checked and done and then went up on the platform. And so I had a Butterfingers in my coat pocket most every service. That was my snack. My middle boy, Ryan, liked Butterfingers. And I always knew when he traveled with us when he was in a good place. I knew when he hadn't done anything in his mind and his heart didn't condemn him at all because he would come running up, love you, Dad, and swipe my butterfinger and run off. (laughs) Now, when he did that, for me, yes, I missed the snack, but I knew he was in a good place. Nothing that he had done in the past few days, weeks, whatever, condemned his heart. He came boldly into the throne of grace and got a butterfinger. That's the way we ought to be with God. And so many times we have all of this junk flooding our mind. All of these thoughts and feelings and emotions and this happened and that happened. And so for me, when I'm believing for something, I do a sinner's prayer every time. Because I don't want the enemy dancing on my shoulder telling me all this junk. So if there's something I'm about to pray for, I stop. I go, oh, Father, forgive me of any sin. Wash me white as snow. Help me and direct me and guide me and help me walk in your truth. Thank you, Lord. And then I step into whatever I'm trying to believe God for. And then when the enemy comes to you, you go, yeah, that could have been ten minutes ago. But right now, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And the newest born babe in Christ has all power and all authority over the enemy. In heaven, on the earth, under the earth, Jesus gave us that right and authority. So now we just have to walk in it. We just have to be bold and unashamed and go to the Word, find the Scripture, find something to stand on that's truth. And then stand on that truth and don't get off of it. Remember when Miss Phyllis stood on her Bible? 
Stand on that Word. Don't get off of it. Stay there. You don't have to tell nine people, you're mending, you're healing, you're getting better, I'm starting to, I'm getting better, I'm coming together. We should have faith buddies. We should all be faith buddies. And instead of going, brother, are you okay? Do you feel okay? No. If they don't look like they feel okay, save them. Say, brother, I am hooked with you. You are an overcomer. You're getting better every minute. You're stronger now than you was five minutes ago. And I'm hooked with you. And where two agree is touching, anything they ask, it shall be done by the Father to receive glory through the Son. And you hook with them. Not talk about how how bad they look or how weak they look or, or what's going on. Well, brother, what happened to you? He doesn't want to know and you don't either. Be happy with them. Say, you know, might have been a bad day yesterday, but today's getting better. We got a long time left in this day. It can get better. I've been as bad as most of you. We get in the rut of saying what we see. And we need to see what we say. We need to visualize what the Lord called people. What, what the Lord wants for them. What the Lord has in store for them. We need to vis- excuse me, visualize what God gave them. They're right, not where they're at and what they're going through. Praise the Lord. Go to Psalms 103. Verses 1 through 5. And this one's in the NIV. I like the wording better. Let's do the NIV. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. I really like that part. Go to the next one. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. See, being saved has benefits. And even... In the Old Testament, the benefits were salvation and healing. You know, it was ironic that um, with Jesus, what made the scribes and Pharisees and the religious people so mad about Jesus is He said He was the Son of God. They weren't so mad about the healing They weren't so mad about casting demons out. They weren't so mad about the power and authority He walked in. They were mad because He called Himself a Son of God. Well, today, people get upset when you talk about healing, but they don't care if you're the Son of God. They don't care if you're saved and going to heaven and a child of the Most High God. They just don't want you to be healed. 
They just want to keep you right there at that little bubble. And it's exactly the opposite of the way it was when Jesus was on the earth. When Jesus was on the earth, healing happened all over. Great multitudes. Matter of fact, let's look at a couple of those. Go in your Bible to the first part of Matthew. We're just going to walk through a few of those. So, let's see. I should have a couple of them marked. Go to Matthew. Um, let's start at 9. Actually, I'm going to back you up some more. Let's go back to Matthew 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. There we go. My writing was really small, apparently. Verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Verse 24. And his fame went throughout all Syria, different region. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy and he healed them. So we got all of these regions that they brought every sick, every diseased, and he healed them all. Now go to Matthew 8. Um, looks like 16, let's back up to 15. Actually, go ahead and go to 14. This is Peter's wife that Craig was talking about earlier. So let's go with 14. And when Jesus was come unto Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. Verse 15, and he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. 16, and when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. There's some 10 times just in the book of Matthew, 10 different events where there was great multitudes and multitudes or places they brought all of the sick, all of the diseased, all of those who had need of healing. And he healed every sickness, every disease. He healed everything they stood in need of. And just in the book of Matthew, that's so I don't double everybody up and get the same one in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 
But just in the book of Matthew, there's some ten times he heals every or all. Glory to God. That's because healing belongs to us. So many times we put up with stuff. I've done it. I was coughing the other day. Somebody asked me about it and I said, I'm better than I was a minute ago. Because I need to grow in it. I need to walk in it. I need to renew my mind to where I don't think about all of that other junk. That I step forward and I walk forward and I speak the uncompromised word of truth. Because that's where we all need to be. Amen? I wanted to read you this. Um, I talked about it a minute ago, but let's go to Mark chapter 6. And we're going to start with verse 1. 6 1. And we're going to read through probably verse 6. And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many, hearing him, were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid hands upon a few sick folks and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the village teaching. That's why we have to renew our mind. We have to get rid of all of the other junk. One of the other things I thought was funny with that, can you put verse 5 back up for just a minute? You can tell they're in the country because he laid his hands on a few sick folk. See, I talk like that. He's from the country. You know he's in the country. Because he doesn't say a few sick people. He says a few sick folk. Praise the Lord. I was amused by that earlier today. I thought that was the greatest thing. See, I fit right in. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Go to uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Go on. And Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. In the way. Glory to God. God is faithful. He wants all of us 
to walk in a level of healing that we haven't seen for a while around this place. He wants us to to be a calling card to those around about this area and this region to where when they talk about Faith Life Church, they go, you know what, I haven't seen anybody sick around there in a long time. What's going on over there? You see, that's the way it should be. We should be able to walk in it. We just got to renew our mind. We just got to renew our language, renew what we do and how we go about doing it. We have to come back to the Word of God. We have to stay with the Word of God. And we have to help each other. We can't beat each other up, call each other out, and knock each other down and expect us to rise to the level. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish. He's coming back for a church who walks in the will of God, the plan of God, who walks in authority. Authority we don't always see around here. Authority we don't always see in the natural around places. You hear about it in one place here and one place there, but praise the Lord, I think it's going to be like Brother Moore talking about healing the popcorn popping. We're going to see more of it and more of it because we're going to renew our minds. We're going to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. We're going to pray in the Spirit. We're going to sing our songs in Psalms. We're going to sing 151. I had to put a number under there, 151, because when I read it, I put a check mark by it. And so if I'm singing 151, I should put a check mark by it. So I had to mark it. Praise the Lord. How many of you are still doing that? Glory to God. Choir, you can go ahead and head on around. <laughs> go to John, 1 John 2 and 1. I want to read this and I want to tell you something about it maybe. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Keep going. And He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Well, I was reading that today because I like that having an advocate. And uh, my granddaughter Hensley turns three today. And so I was thinking about them and kind of pondering some on them. And for me, I, I want to know everything about what they're dealing with, what they're going through, what their day's like. And so when we FaceTime, when I first see them and they first see my face, they go, Papa! That's about the only thing I understand for a little bit. <laughs> because I get, Papa! That's And I don't understand it. But, older siblings or family that are close, they understand it. They have an advocate. Praise the Lord. So when Hensley says, Papa, and she takes off rattling, my son or, or, or Destiny, they, uh, 
They go, she's saying this, 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 this. See, they're the advocate for Hensley. Because I'm the grandpa, and I want them to have everything they want. Everything their hearts desire. I want them to have it. But I don't always understand what they're saying. That's the way we are many times with our Father. God only speaks faith. Faith moves God. But when we jabber doubt and unbelief, I think we sound just like Hensley. And then I was thinking about that and I was like, oh, praise the Lord. I think Jesus is our older brother. And he steps in and he gives dad the translation. And he stands in the gap so the father knows what we want. And he knows that Jesus paid the price for all of it. And so when the man that paid the price for us to have health and healing and and to have our very wants and desires met, steps in and goes, Dad, he's wanting a new liver and I paid for that. Then the father goes, he needs a new liver. Mm -hmm. You see, we have an advocate. And as long as we'll talk faith and we'll walk faith We have an advocate, an older brother standing right there. So don't get discouraged when you ask for stuff and it doesn't come immediately. Oftentimes, there's some translation going on. There's some growing going on in us. We were sending her some birthday stuff and there's a toy that I really liked. I thought it was kind of cool, but it's it's a few years ahead of where she is. And so I was thinking, if I get it for her, she's really going to think it's cool because it looks cool, makes some cool noises, but she can't operate it or glean what she needs out of it at her age. So it's going to look cool for a few days, and then it's going to sit there and become familiar. It's going to sit there and she's going to walk around it until a day that she could actually fully use it, but then it's just an old toy that was laying around. And so oftentimes when we go to the Father and we ask Him, Oh Lord, I want this. I need this. Oh, if I could only have this. It's the mercy of God that we don't have stuff stacked around us to become old hat. That He has mercy on us and lets us grow up and walk out a little more and walk out a little more. And then we start getting more of this and more of this and we're excited about it and we're learning about it and we're growing in it instead of having something we don't know how to operate yet and setting it to the side and letting it catch dust. See, our Father wants us to grow up, but He still calls us His little children because there's so much we don't know yet. But He wants us to have more. Go to uh, Galatians, I think it's chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now an heir, now I say that an heir 
As long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son unto your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more servants, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. That's what I'm talking about. As we grow up, the Lord has a set schedule and an appointed time for us. As we grow in the knowledge and the revelation, we get our mind renewed. We understand what belongs to us, what we have rights of. And then we start lessening the tutors and we start walking in the fullness Because you are a child of the Most High God. The newest born babe has power, has authority. We just don't always know where to aim it. (laughs) And so God has to help us. He has to send people, laborers across our path to grow us up, to encourage us, to guide us and direct us and help us walk this path of being in the fullness of God. To walk out so that when we have an ache or a pain, we don't blurt out what's going on. We see what's going on. We know we have the right to not have that anymore. Then we come up and we get to walk in a victory. We get to walk in the fullness of who He is in us. Praise the Lord. He's so good to us. It's amazing what He has planned for us. uh, You sit and you read through some scriptures and you see all of the stuff and you see what the Lord's doing and how He's going about it and you're so excited to see the next thing, the next stuff. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Stand to your feet.